Welcome market participants to another three things in credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. You might have heard that CPI came out this week at, you guessed it, a 40-year high, and it didn't make the front page. It's that kind of news flow. This week our three things are, one, small business. This all-important economic engine is sputtering. We'll explore. Two, earnings durability. Estimates remain at its cyclical peak. Does that make sense? And three, places to hide. Some sectors are built better for this kind of environment. We'll name names. Let's dig a bit deeper. Small is not better. So we highlighted a couple of weeks ago that performance of certain cyclical stocks, most notably autos and home builders, useful proxies for the broader economy, had underperformed rather noticeably of late. That didn't seem to square up with the macro forecast for economic growth, where the Bloomberg consensus is calling for 3.6% in 2022, or twice what the Federal Reserve figures is the normal through-the-cycle growth rate. Now, we're seeing signals coming out of small business that also points to weaker growth on the horizon. Exhibit A is the performance of the Russell 2000, which peaked back in November 2021 and is down 17% since. This compares to the S&P 500, which is down 11% from its recent peak. Given that small business tends to be a growth engine for the economy and one that correlates well with economic growth, the trend here is not our friend. Exhibit B comes out of last week's ADP employment report, where the headline number, plus 475,000 in non-farm private employment, certainly gave the impression of solid progress in the labor market recovery. Small firm employment, however, actually fell in February, 96,000 jobs. For the first time, that's happened since April 2020. The average monthly gain in small business employment in the prior 12 months was a plus 69,000. Intuitively, it makes sense that small business employment levels would be a canary in the coal mine, as these firms are more nimble than their larger counterparts and can respond to changes in economic fortunes faster. A loss of 96,000 jobs sticks out like a sore thumb. Exhibit C is the latest National Federation of Independent Business, or NFIB, Small Business Optimism Index for February, which came in at 95.7, missing its estimate of 97.3. The result was a 13-month low for the index and the second consecutive month below the long-term average of 98. The NFIB cited inflation concern, supply chain disruption, and labor shortages weighing on member sentiment and leading to lower top-line and bottom-line performance. Those small businesses playing to increase employment, make capital outlays, and increase inventories all fell month over month, and overall near-term expectations remains decidedly negative, with those expecting better conditions, minus those expecting worse, coming in at a minus 35. That reading is just off 10-year low of minus 38 set back in 2012. And keep in mind, the latest survey took place before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This all fits together in a rather cautionary narrative that supports our great deceleration theme. All right, on to our second thing, the durability of corporate earnings. 
Economic headwinds, the magnitude of which have largely been unexpected, are clearly evident. Start with the price of energy. This tax on consumers and businesses could easily shave 1% off of GDP should it persist, and we think it will. Then throw the rest of inflationary pressure on top and assume wage growth lags. Then tighten financial conditions, possibly and probably culminating in a policy error. Now throw in a brutal war in the developed world that is being live-streamed. Factor in what that does to sentiment among consumers, businesses, and investors. If you believe in the wisdom of markets, you would expect those headwinds to be reflected in the price of risk. And given the sell-off thus far in 2022, you could argue that risk markets are reflecting the backdrop deterioration. The S&P 500 continues to gyrate. The VIX had jumped out to 37 before pulling back recently to 29, which in and of itself suggests that line of sight, so important to risk-taking, has clouded. We also see it reflected in stocks, large and small, with the S&P 500 down 11%, and the aforementioned Russell 2000 down 17% from their fourth quarter peaks. We see it in credit markets, where the Bloomberg Barclays investment grade option adjusted spread is out 46 basis points from the beginning of the year to 138 basis points, pushing it closer to the 150 basis points, that unofficial line of demarcation that suggests something material is afoot. So what does all this say about the thing upon which risk markets sit? namely corporate earnings growth. According to the Bloomberg consensus for the S&P 500 for 2022, the forecast is $224 a share, the highest level in the time series. Does that make sense? Well, bulls would argue that corporate pricing power has never been stronger. Personal income and net worth is up. Excess savings are abundant post-stimulus. U.S. consumers, the thinking goes, have the ability to absorb higher prices. And sure enough, if we revisit the most recent NFIB survey, a historically high percentage of businesses believe they can push higher costs onto consumers. But things are changing. That's been the point of our great deceleration narrative. Growth is correcting, i.e. slowing, and that was before the Russian-Ukrainian war, which has triggered additional, additional demand and supply shocks and significantly increased uncertainty. We believe we are going to see that flow into weaker-than-expected corporate earnings. To that end, we are seeing earnings revisions running at the highest level since the beginning of the pandemic, according to FactSet. Now, those revisions over the first two months of Q1 has shaved all of 1.2% from the consensus estimate. Markets are saying that's too light. We would agree. All right, on to our third thing. It's not all bad, right? Right. We've listed all of those headwinds that are raising rates, pressuring earnings, and reducing visibility. So it's all bad, right? Well, of course not. At the outset of the invasion, we said risk investors should expect lower growth, higher inflation, greater uncertainty, and elevated volatility. In turn, we would expect to see increased risk aversion and stronger liquidity preference on the part of investors. Those two attributes showed up this week in size with the Warner Media spinoff deal, a low triple B credit that reportedly generated more than $100 billion in orders and ultimately priced $30 billion of bonds. It's the right sector, a digital hub of storytellers, with extraordinarily broad 
distribution among investors. Every investor, it seems, had to do their work on this name. Thematically, sectors that figure to be durable here include those that are defensive in nature and U.S.-based or oriented. Higher beta sectors such as commodities also figure to continue to do well as war-related shocks do not feel to be fleeting at this point. More specifically, commodity-oriented sectors such as energy, metals and mining, and food producers should do well here. Also, think about sectors that are related to the commodity story, such as rails and supermarkets. Traditional defensive sectors would include healthcare providers, pharmaceuticals, as well as gas and electric utilities. Defense contractors are well-positioned to benefit from current events. We also like regional and community banks here for their U.S. orientation and their position to benefit from rising rates. With cyclicals in particular, such as commodities, you have to be aware of that dividing line where the benefit of supply-constrained pricing is more than offset by demand destruction across the broader economy. We don't think we're close to that point yet. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, small business. This all-important economic engine is sputtering. It is leaning on economic growth. Two, earnings durability. We believe the sell-off in markets suggest estimates need to come down. And three, places to hide. Commodities, defense contractors, and traditional less cyclical names should hold up better in this volatile environment. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. See you next week.